This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Back here on the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan. Don't forget that we're giving away tickets to Brian Regan in this hour. Uh, probably during the expressway. Keep your ears open, though, for the Let's Give Something Away. We'll be hitting that. Plus, next week, Monday and Thursday, the entire station giving away tickets to Cowboys Eagles on Christmas Eve. And don't forget this either. On Sunday, 9 o'clock, Chiafalo and Broadus hit the beginning of the pregame show. They'll have McCarthy, Brad Sham, Babe Christie, the entire cast, as long as, as well as our insider, Bobby Belt. And they're going to, it's uh, Chris Arnold sitting down with. Tony Pollard uh, for his player profile this week. One of the best running backs in the league. He, man, that's an, that's interesting. He is one of the best running backs in the league. The way he's playing, but I mean, he's not going to be again. He's not going to be a guy that's rushing for two thousand yards. This season's highlight reel will be a long came Polly. You think so? All right, okay, all right. Now it is time eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three. Text in Cowboys them. win, Cowboys lose, and you know what? We could also do this. I wanted to because? do this uh, because. The Cowboys are interesting. Why? 877-881-1053. This is a segment we've been trying to fit in. We had it planned yesterday for this time. And then Texas Rangers pitcher Andrew Heaney said, hey, I want to talk to the KNC Masterpiece. By the way, dude's awesome. I really enjoyed talking to that guy yesterday. Mike, I hope he pitches well because I want to like root for him and like and get to know him better. He was really easy to talk to yesterday. I really think that is the Kyle Gibson. They see him as like we're about to unlock something that L.A. did. He talked about how L.A. unlocked it, but maybe keep it there where he is a guy who can have an ERA in the threes. And I, I don't know. I keep asking this question because, you know, Derek will tell you that it's a, a big factor. The Mike Maddox effect, I think, is going to be a, a huge thing for Rangers pitching this year. And maybe, maybe just maybe, that's one of the reasons they haven't gone and said, let's go get bullpen. Maybe they say, well, Mike Maddox can help us in that respect a little bit too. All right? All right. The talent has to be there, but you still got to still gotta do it. All right, for Cowboys win, Cowboys lose, why do they win or lose this week, Mike? I only have one thing here, and it's Trevor Lawrence. And I guess I will say this. If I want to go, I'll go to the the Jaguars win because I can come up with plenty of ways the Cowboys win because. But the Jaguars win because Trevor Lawrence throws for 70% or better completion rate. Last game against Tennessee, 30 of 42 for 368, three touchdowns. Ran for a touchdown. He's not much of a runner. The thing is, he is fast and ran the ball well uh, at Clemson, but he just doesn't do it in the NFL. But that was a 714 uh, percent completion rate the game before 58 54.8 they lost and got blown out the game before 29 of 37 for 321 and 78 uh percent completion percentage three touchdowns they beat baltimore 28 27 
Uh, so you just start looking at it and you go, now he has been completing a high percentage besides that Detroit game. But you just look at it. When he does this, they win. The team that they lost to when he completed a high percentage recently, they lost to Kansas City at Kansas City. He was 29 of 40 for 259 yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions. And they lost 27 to 17. So there is an exception there in the last five games. But for the most part, he's completing over 70%. They are winning. So Jacksonville wins because Trevor Lawrence completes 70% of his passes. If he does that, you're in big trouble uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. I'll say Cowboys win because because they don't turn over the ball. I'm Ooh. just going to go with the, Which Dak's done a lot of the fumbled punt. Dak has been turning over the ball a lot. I don't think the Cowboys in the last game, they almost lost and probably should have lost, but they didn't. And they turned the ball over three times, right? Muff punt, two interceptions. Mm -hmm. The Cowboys can't lose the the turnover battle here. If they lose the turnover battle in Jacksonville, I think Jacksonville wins this game. Because, I mean, to keep a bad team from having more opportunities, you can't be giving the the ball to them. Like, that's how the Cowboys... Uh, steamrolled the the Colts. That's how they did what they did against the Minnesota Vikings. They said, we're, we're going to get the ball from you. I mean, they did it right out of the gate. Micah Parsons comes around the corner and says, go to the ground. I got you. Now our football. And then the Cowboys have an extra possession that they weren't supposed to have earlier than they should have. I mean, you got a really good point there. I, I do, when I hear Dak Prescott say they can't happen anymore, that's why I asked Mickey that earlier. I, I just don't know if I trust Dak Press, if he trusts himself with some of the things that he's seeing. And I, there are moments when, man, listen, there are moments when Dak is awesome. But I have I watched last week against the Texans where how many times did he pump fake before he threw a ball that you that really didn't even look good anyway? And you were like, why is he? He looked like he was afraid to let go, let it loose. To your point, and it's not that Dak has bad arm strength, but do you notice when he doesn't, this is why the Tom House and getting his legs into the throw is so important. He doesn't have the strongest arm. He can't throw off balance or without using his hips and his legs and throw the ball hard. There are some runs, like on the run, where he'll do something special, but you're right. He wants to be planted a certain way. It's just that a guy like Trevor Lawrence or these guys that are these premium guys that have powerful arms, at times they can get their legs taken out from under them or not have a pump fake, but like a pump fake where, oh, no, and then they, they only can throw with their upper body or their arm, and they can still put some zip on the ball. Dak will struggle with that, and that's why it's so important that he has proper mechanics is that he needs all of it to throw those bullets. And he does have a good arm, but he has to have his whole body in position to have that good arm uh, that you see from Dak. I think Cowboys win because their running game is their – it's what they hang their hat on. Okay. And they can do it again this week. I think this is a, a defense that isn't that great at making stops when they need to. Uh, Jacksonville. Yeah, Jacksonville. I'm, I am I was saying that Tony Pollard's not going to get you 1,500 yards. He's got 894 right now. Do you think there's a chance? And I know he got a lot of carries when he better Zeke get could. over a thousand. I yeah. know that. Well, that's what, do you think that he can get to twelve hundred? Like, do you, like that's a that's a tough three hundred to more to yards and change in four yes. games. Yes. That being said, there's there is the if when we go off of how much can a guy get, I start looking at the Cowboys and Eagles schedule, and I don't think the Cowboys are going to try. 
get week seven. Well, week 18, I guess. The last game of the season, the 17th game of the season. So you'll I, see some Malik Davis. I think will mean absolutely nothing to the Cowboys. So I do think Cooper Rush will be the quarterback. Malik Davis will be the running back. I, I think that you almost have to look at it as he only really has two more games. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Because you have three games left or four. Uh, you have you Jacksonville, Philadelphia, Tennessee, and then Washington. Washington. Yeah. So I think he has three games left to get those stats. I don't think he plays in the last game of the year. The. So I still think it's possible, right? Because you're looking at yeah. averaging a, a hundred and in just a little bit more. He has a chance. I would lean towards no. If you if they had to play the fourth game, if it meant everything, so the Cowboys would have to win out, right? The Cowboys win their next three games. That last game means something because. If Philadelphia loses the last game of the year and you win the last game of the year, you t- you overtake them and you win the division. You know who leads the team in rushing touchdowns this year? For the Cowboys? Uh-huh. Is it t- Pollard? This is a trick question. Zeke and Pollard are tied with nine. Okay. So you got 18 touchdowns out of the running back, out right. of the running back rushing this year. That's very good. That's and very good. That's more than one a game. The, and then Half. Tony Pollard has added uh, three receiving touchdowns. Zeke's added one. So that's out of that position, you've gotten 22 touchdowns. Very, I mean, like they're very important for the season. The big plays, this is something interesting, Mike, because we did like, we were trying to keep track of this a lot with Ezekiel Elliott the last couple of years. Zeke has four 20 plus yard rushes this year. And I don't know, like, that I've seen this kind of Zeke that we've seen the last few weeks in a long time. And maybe it's because he had a couple games off in the middle of the season, early in the season. He was able to kind of get a, a little break because he was injured. But that break now, you're seeing, I think, a different runner right now. And that's some that's where I think Cowboys win because what their running game is doing is effective. And I think they'll continue to be effective. Dak's going to probably have a... a probably going to have like 265 yards he's going to throw for two touchdowns maybe an interception and that's kind of where Dak is going to be at this point and I think that uh that's going to be enough to get a win now from the other side Jacksonville wins because they can't stop Travis Etienne and I'm not saying he's a world beater he's a good running back 814 yards this year uh he's got six big plays that's 20 plus yards he is a dynamite receiver out of the backfield as well. And that's a relationship. We talk about the Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Trevor Lawrence and Etienne, like they know what they're supposed to see. He had a, he had trouble holding on to the ball early in the season. He's kind of had those moments where you're like, whoa, this is the NFL, buddy. You can't be giving up a ball like that. But I do think that uh, I do think that Travis Etienne is a, is a, a huge factor in this game this week. Right. And that's something that they're going to have to take care of. Also, Jermichael Hasty. Uh, and then somebody said Malik uh, Davis did run for a touchdown also. So you got another touchdown from your running back position as well. What's weird is when Trevor Lawrence has a really good game, like last week, Etienne doesn't fall. They, they rarely yeah. have good games together. It's either one doing something or the other. And when Trevor Lawrence doesn't have a good game, they've literally lost every game. Trevor uh, Travis Etienne last week, 17 carries, 32 yards, and they had a great game. That being said, when you look at Etienne can destroy the Cowboys. He can be a guy out of the backfield that can literally take over a game if he gets the right matchups, they get him in space, this and that. But if you look at some of his bigger games, 
14 carries for 114 yards against the Giants. Loss. 24 carries for 156 yards against Denver. Loss. They did 28 carries for 109 yards. They did win, and they beat Las Vegas. But it's interesting. Some of his bigger games, they haven't won. Mm-hmm. But I hear what you're saying. I don't want tra- if Travis Etienne to start the game. Let's just say they drive the ball down the field to start the game, and Travis Etienne has let's say five carries for 40 yards. We're gonna be like crap. But at the same time, that hasn't ultimately led to success for Jacksonville winning the game. For Jacksonville specifically, yes, yeah. and and that's where kind of it's the balance of where the Cowboys are bad at and what they're good at. And the Cowboys aren't great at stopping the run. So if a team can run the ball against them, we saw it with the Houston Texans. They were like, we're going to just keep running the football and not give you a billion opportunities to go destroy us with your passing game. And and the, that's where the where I think it is, is the, they try to limit the ability of the Cowboys to have productive offense. I'm super surprised with this. Travis Etienne, 25 catches for 214 yards this year. Wouldn't you think what we saw from him from Clemson, it, that would be better and more? Yes, but the fact that Christian Kirk has now turned into a more productive target, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that Zay Jones, who isn't great, um, has been, you know, has 600 yards. Evan Ingram's actually catching some footballs. Uh, yeah, he had a great which game last he's week. so weird. Evan Ingram's just the weirdest. He if should he's healthy, be, he's good. He should be dominant. Uh, and he just has not been. Marvin Jones Jr. is okay. But, like, I think the fact that Christian Kirk, who they really overspent on, has been productive lately, I think that's one of the factors is they they do want to try to take advantage of the downfield stuff as opposed to just chipping away with, uh, with Etienne underneath. But the other thing, too, Mike, is with the Cowboys' defense, they're at their best whenever they can say, all right, we're going at you, quarterback. We're going, we're going to take you down today. And whenever good teams run the ball well against them, they don't get that opportunity as much to force those kinds of turnovers and sacks and stuff like this. And the 6-8-2, Dallas wins because Micah pretends T-Law is Jalen Hurts. Dallas loses because T-Law goes Joe Montana on us. I think everything, a lot of people are pinning this game on Trevor Lawrence, which yeah. is rightfully so. Like, he's the... He's the quarterback that has a lot of hopes. He's completing 66% of his passes. If you hold him to 66%, he hasn't won a game this year. If he's, I mean, literally, that's just a crazy stat. Because 70% is a high percentage. And if he doesn't complete 70% of his balls, they haven't won a game this year. From the 817, Cowboys win because Micah is due for a breakout game again. Micah... Like they, the whole he might be getting tired. The whole he defensive line looked a little meh last he week. He mentioned to, wasn't it to Von Miller where he said, I think it was in the Von Miller podcast. Yes. It might have been just an no, interview. It was, that, it was with Von and Miller. And he's like, dude, I'm beat up right now. Like playing, playing this defensive end, the majority of the snaps is wearing me down. And I wasn't as wore down last year at this point because I was playing more linebacker. Yeah. He said he was fresh. He said somebody touches you on every play when you're playing defensive end. You know, when you're playing linebacker, you may never, you may not get touched for six or seven. You may not get touched for two series. And remember, Dan Quinn and the Dallas Cowboys are learning more and more about their Micah Parsons, the mm-hmm. best, the best defensive player in the NFL. I do believe he is. But they were like, "Hey, look what he did last year. Let's put him at defensive end a little bit more." We had these discussions, right? And it seemed like, "Yeah, let's put him at defensive end more." 
But now they're going to get another season under their belt and go, hey, maybe we shouldn't put him at defensive end that much because we did wear him down. Or maybe he has a great playoff run and you're like, hey, when it was nut cutting time and it was time to do it, he was once again the best defensive player in the NFL. Dude, he gives up like 70, 80 pounds in a lot of situations to the guys that he's going up against. While he has speed, you know, the body is taking that that toll on him. And I totally get that part of, like, that was different than last year. I was a little bit fresher at the end of the season, and I'm just trying to – he said the other day, Mike, you got to build the calluses. The muscles have to learn how to do it. So that he's in a mindset of, I'm just like, uh, you, I just have to deal with it and overcome it and that's just the only thing that can happen rather than give me some rest or let me do anything else but I think whenever if uh if the plays don't continue to happen Cowboys got to look into some other things Mike McCarthy does a pretty good job at that coming up next here on the KNC Masterpiece would you rather try to get a generational player or try to get into the playoffs plus Mike likes it in the expressway 35 minutes of uninterrupted sports content selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Modelo. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medela, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Back here on the KNC Masterpiece on 1053 The Fan. And I'd still, I just still can't believe the Jerry Jones said. Odell before T.Y. Hilton, and now there's a story out there. Odell's going to join us. There's a good chance he will with the complete goal of getting ready for a playoff game. So you can go listen to the uh, the interview on 1053thefan.com or on the Odyssey app. 
And you can also check out that story right now. Bobby Belt retweeted it from USA Today. We are in the expressway. So here it is, 30 minutes of uninterrupted content. And the first thing I'll start off with is this first game isn't much of a game. The Cincinnati Reds, uh, also no, it's called Carthage. Carthage. It's Carthage. <laughs> They're winning 35-0 to zero at halftime. Is that good? I think they have the state championship wrapped up. Unless you're, is it Wimberley they're playing against? Yeah. That's bad for Wimberley, good for Carthage. And somebody did text in and said, I tried to tell Eric and Zach how good our team is. Uh, they And they were just pointing out, now you're seeing how good Carthage is, how good the coach is for that team. So there you right. go. Like, Mike, you didn't, you're really excited about the high school playoffs right now. I will now. say tonight I'm probably going to uh, be switching the game this kind of teases our segment i will be watching mavs in portland and i will be watching south oak cliff is you have two tvs yeah that is i do but not in the same room well what would, what would reggie do reggie's not married reggie <laughs> he's right i'm not married you, would reggie would you take the other tv and move it to the living room for i've tonight? done that before like you know you know it's They're a good time to do this wall. for mm-hmm. um march madness yeah absolutely. round up of three four tvs get them in the same place yeah there you go, Mike. I'm not unmounting them. Okay, all right. Mike will mount. mount. Mike will mount, but he will not unmount. Mm. So there you go. That's something we've learned. That's uh, a very weird thing to say there, Corey. Don't forget, we're giving away uh, Brian Regan tickets in the next uh, few minutes, so make sure to keep your ears open for that. Now, Mike, the, the Mavericks play against the Blazers tonight. Yeah. I'm not sure, like, where do you stand on what you can see from this game? Because I know you I, – I said this the other day, and I don't say this in a bad way, mm-hmm. and I don't want to – I don't want it to come across in a way that makes you mad. Okay. You watch the Mavericks regular season different than me. I watch it like people watch the Cowboys. Yes, absolutely. You and when I say roller coaster, you ride if they lose, that's this stinks. Yeah. If they win, this is awesome. But you're do you In a weird way, I don't think Mark Cuban appreciates me, but he should because I am watching it the way that he really wants his fans to engage the the rate if you had one million of me's you would have unbelievable ratings for the Mavericks yeah. unfortunately there's only maybe 20,000 at most of me's in the Metroplex maybe okay. only 10,000 that really watch every Maverick game and 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 enjoy watching it and would would break it down for 30 minutes to an hour after every game I mean they're, they're, I think, they're I think an Cuban, average team. I think he kind of wants everybody to be just happy. Right, just watch it. Like, they're but, my favorite. I love them no matter. I'm going to watch it all, and no matter what happens, they're great. And no matter if I spend the least amount of money in the last five years on a team, they're great. Yeah, yeah. And and I think – And it, don't look into that. You And that's where, where even Jerry Jones, he's just like, hey, as long as you're watching, I'm happy. You know, yeah. and, and that's – that's essentially what you are, is you're watching because you love the team. You're passionate about them. Tonight's yeah. game, what does it mean to you Okay, to for, like, they need a win, man. It's a very even matchup. The Mavericks are favored in this game. If I was betting, I'd bet on the Blazers because I think it's a coin flip game. Uh, the Mavericks now without, without Maxi Kleba for a minimum of six weeks, which would be very optimistic that he makes it back in six weeks. I think that it's probably going to be more like eight to ten weeks. And hopefully he comes back healthy in 
two months or two and a half months. Have we found out if he's going to need surgery? Because that no, also is a situation where if he does need surgery, you can go ahead and chalk that thing up. No, to your point, no. It just seems like at least the Mavericks and Sham Sharania and Mark Stein, who seem to be the closest. Adrian Wojnarowski does not have major insight to the Dallas Mavericks. If you've noticed, it's more Shams and Mark Stein who have the insight into the Mavericks more than – and Woj is unbelievable. He's very job. good, yeah. But – they're reporting, hey, six to eight weeks, and kind of we'll see from there. But to Reggie's point, we really don't know the the exact direction they're going to take with Maxi Kleba. But it is a major injury, and here's why. Because Jason Kidd has lied to us multiple times this season. And he said, well, we have so much depth. I mean, God, we have so many big guys. What do you expect me to do with Christian Wood? Well, now that they don't play the depth and we see and we see now that they actually have no depth. I mean, it was a complete and total lie by by Jason Kidd. But I understand why he had to say that at the time, because he's trying to defend. Why don't you play Christian Wood more than 20 or 25 minutes a game? Well, now let's see, Jason Kidd, because you said we're so deep with our big guys, which we're not. And he knows we're not. He just doesn't want to play Christian Wood. It's going to be interesting now when you're going up against these teams. You do not have Maxi Kleba to play those 20 to 25 minutes that you need. And he did. Maxi Kleba does help out quite a bit with Christian Wood's defensive deficiencies. And now Christian Wood is going to be out there a lot on an island defensively. And or Nick, maybe playing with JaVale McGee, but that yeah. will also offer its yeah. its own challenges. Great, great point. And I... Here's the deal, and and I put this out on Twitter, and this is what I really want to discuss, uh, Corey and Reggie, is is there a disconnect in this organization right now? And I know they made it to the conference finals, and we gave Jason Kidd a whole bunch of credit for that, and I do think he deserves a lot of credit for that. Nico deserves credit for maybe moving Christoph Porzingis off a team that Luka didn't want him here. Uh, Porzingis didn't want to be here. And he did get Spencer Dinwiddie in the deal. And and he has helped out this organization tremendously throughout the playoff run last year. He's very inconsistent, but helped. And he's helped out a lot this year to a, a team that's 14 and 14. Without Dinwiddie, you might only have about seven or eight wins. And I know that sounds weird, but literally you don't have another ball handler on the team. So you can't play Luka 48 minutes a night, even though they're getting damn close to that. Is I look at it and go, so you got JaVale McGee. And four games into the season, Jason Kidd said, I'm never playing you again. And then you got Christian Woods. You traded four players that you didn't really want in the 21st or 23rd overall pick. I can't remember, but it's in the 20s. You traded a first round pick for Christian Wood. And immediately, Jason Kidd in Vegas during the summer league said, JaVale McGee's going to start and Christian Wood isn't. And then reiterated that to start training camp. Christian Wood is not starting. And then you drafted Jaden Hardy, and I get he's kind of a high school pick. He did play in the G League last year at 19 years old. But he's gone down to the G League, and he's literally the best. He's literally the best offensive player in the G League. There's no player in the G League better than Jaden Hardy through the time that he spent in the G League. And he doesn't play Jaden Hardy, even though Nico Harrison was on our station. We interviewed him, and he said, no, he's about to play. We've called him up to play. He's done everything, and we are calling him up to play basketball. And then Jason Kidd said, no, you're not. I'm not playing him a damn second in the NBA. And then Christian Wood was traded for, and you thought, gosh, after losing Jalen Brunson, this is miserable. He could be our second best offensive weapon. And Jason Kidd said, no, I don't like him at all. Okay, I have a – so you're asking where the kind of a disconnect is. I want to ask you, there were discussions that at some point Chris Young, who I will not call CY, um, 
was talking to Woodward after games. Hey, why did you do this? You know, like trying right. to... Hey, I want to try and see why you're doing certain right. things. Right, I need to talk to you right now. Before you do interviews after the game, we need to have a discussion on why this game went this way. He, Nico and Jason have to be having these conversations too, right? I don't know. I think it's a great question. I think you just posed a great question. But I would wonder, as a general manager, how many mistakes did I make and who did I listen to? You don't, you don't yeah. like JaVale McGee. Why did we even – if? and I do think Jason Kidd, people I, – I love people have given me feedback on Twitter, and I do agree with this. Jason Kidd wanted JaVale McGee because he saw what JaVale McGee meant to the 2020 world champions in the L.A. Lakers. Well, and he saw him compete against them he was in, coaching with Phoenix him. last year too. Yeah, and he, yes, in that seven-game series, he saw what JaVale McGee could do kind of in a 12- to 15-minute role. role backing up DeAndre Ayton. And – so Jason Kidd, I think, said to Nico, I want him. He's the guy I want to give me, let's just say, five points and seven rebounds in 15 minutes and be a guy who plays the first five minutes of the game, the first five minutes of the third quarter, and I'll mix him in another five minutes in this game. But now he's zero minutes. I don't think Jason Kidd wanted Christian Wood at all. And I don't know this. I, and this is where I don't know. This is yeah. why I'm asking the question. There's a major disconnect here. Because it also seems like Jason Kidd has no time or interest for Jaden Hardy, yet Nico just said before they went to Detroit on a two-game road trip, I believe it was, if I have my facts right there, but I remember it was going into the Detroit game. Josh Green is hurt. He's out again. And we're playing Frank Nilakina, who in two games, literally if you were to go back and watch, and I know this is what I do, and I know 99% of the people listening don't do. There are a lot of texters that say in their, their mic, too. And they also okay. said, if, awesome. they said, Corey, if there were a million mics, would they all strangle each other? And I was like, I don't know. Mike seems to but listen to himself. Oklahoma City and Cleveland. I like what you <laughs> just did there. They don't guard Neil Aquina. Literally, they tell their team, don't guard him. And they're not. He hit a three-pointer against Cleveland in the corner. And I'm sure there are some people going, that's why I like Frank Neil Aquina. It didn't matter. Cleveland didn't guard him the rest of the game. And, and they guess blew what? him out. Or yeah. Oklahoma City didn't. They, they never guard him. And so I get Neil Aquina is a better defensive player. He understands the NBA better than Jaden Hardy. There's a huge talent gap between those guys. And I don't know, Jaden Hardy might flop and fail tremendously if you play him at 20 years old in the NBA, but maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's Jordan Poole. Maybe he's Anthony Simon, who you're going to see again tonight for Portland. And, and that might be too much to put on a 20-year-old, and he's probably not the answer to all of these Maverick issues. But you do have a major injury right now in Josh Green, not in the rotation for his 20 to 25 minutes. And Jason Kidd has said, not only, Nico, did you call him up to play when Josh Green was here and I didn't play him, I'm not even going to play him when I have an injury to my team. That's interesting. I, I will say, though, like he does have this, and I, I, I wouldn't say the last year is a good thermometer for it, maybe, is the right word. Barometer. Barometer. But last year in the Barometer. playoffs, I mean, he that rotation was slim. Like right. You had, Seven you had Finney Smith and Bullock playing almost the entire game, right. uh, the entire way. And some of those guys are back, and they're not playing again. Literally, you know? he only played Dinwiddie and Kleba off the bench. Like, yeah. literally, those were the only two players he would play off the bench for the most part. And we, I think you expressed this a lot last year, it's because the other guys can't play. Right. I wonder if this is just a Jason Kidd thing, where maybe he's just like, I only trust these guys, this, this group. And that could be wrong. Like, that could yeah. be a very wrong approach to it from Jason Kidd. But it just seems like he has, in the one year that we've had him, and now going again with this, he only has certain guys that he trusts to be out there. 
I think that's a great point. And Reggie, I think you made a great point when we were discussing this segment for the show Mm -hmm. is that you need to go back and look at this. I don't know this either, but this sounds a lot like Jason Kidd in Milwaukee. His second year is what's happening here with Jason Kidd and the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, I mean, we're getting to this wonky point where, you know, it just doesn't feel like it's it's readily understandable what Jason Kidd's doing. And again, I need to go back and double check it and re, you know, revisit why it was that it did not work out in the second year with Jason Kidd with the Bucks because the first year they did have success and that does mirror what he did with the Mavericks here, right? So that's another one of his coaching jobs that kind of looks the same. But then the second year, this, this thing is looking a little shaky and I don't want to immediately jump up and say, well, aha, there, this is a, you know, the same thing happening, but I do wonder what made that season go wrong. So I will actually be going back and yeah. trying to figure that out. That'll be interesting to know, you know, kind of how, because obviously it seemed like everybody in Milwaukee hated Jason Kidd except for the Greek freak. Like he, he had, he had ruined the relationships with all the other players because he was so tough on them. Or I don't know if like he, he kind of kept effing with everybody's roles. And then they're like, we don't know what you want because you keep effing with us. Well, I mean, Hardaway did tell us that the other day where they're relearning roles right now. Yeah. You know, he did he didn't mention that with us. So, you know, maybe the, even some and, of them that thought they had a specific role last year. Yeah. Maybe kid looks at it each year differently, too. Maybe he's like, I'm coming into this year and this is a new season. Last year doesn't matter anymore. This is a new year. I have to I have to find this roster and see what they are. Maybe yeah. this team is completely different from but last seem, year in a way. But he seems to almost stick too much yeah. to last year's team. Like I don't care what Reggie Bullock does, he's going to play. I don't care what he does, he's going to. But Christian Woods, you weren't on this team, and I do think there's a little bit of this, and I've seen this with teams before that's been somewhat successful because the Mavericks weren't that successful last year, but they had a overachieving great year. So I don't want to take anything away from that. It's almost like, oh well, you know what, Christian Woods, you weren't here for our super successful team, so you don't fit in. Dwight Powell fits. We all know Dwight Powell in the if you make the real playoffs, which I don't think this team will. I, I think they're a, I think they are probably a play-in team and one and done. Dwight Powell averages two points and two rebounds and just gets completely and totally destroyed. Just like that Cleveland game. Mm-hmm. Cleveland's a playoff team. And when you play playoff teams and playoff environments, Dwight Powell can't play one second in those games. He's he's totally overmatched. He's trying his hardest. He might be in the right spot. He can't get a rebound in the right spot because he's not talented enough to get a rebound. He can't score in the right spot because he's not talented enough to score in the right spot. And I'm not blaming this season on Dwight Powell. I'm not trying to blame this season on one specific. I'm not blaming it on Jason Kidd. But there seems to be a major disconnect on what they wanted to accomplish in this offseason and what they're doing. And I get Jalen Brunson's not here, and it's killing the team. And that being said, I think the Mavs have no trade assets. I don't think the more Again? I the more I read this is two years in a row, right? But like they even had KP last year and couldn't trade trade him for much. Nobody wants although Tim I love Hardaway Jr. Yeah. Nobody wants Davis Bertans. Dwight, I, I will say this: Dwight Powell is tradable only because of his contract, but nobody wants him. Now Maxi Kleba, who is kind of untradeable because he signed the extension, is also untradeable because of the major injury. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, I believe, is tradable, but he can only get you so much. He's not a very valuable piece around the NBA that's going to get you something major. So you start looking, there aren't really tradable assets for the Mavs to try to get better. Your probably two most tradable assets 
are Josh Green and Jaden Hardy, and they make such little money. Remember, you have to match money for the most part in the NBA. If I trade Josh Green at $2 million and Jaden Hardy at $750,000, I can take on a $3 million player. Well, how many great players are there that are $3 million players? And if they are great, they are recently drafted, and the other team's not trying to get rid of them. So I'm wondering this. I hate saying this. I don't want it to go down this path, but I think it might be best for the Mavericks to start losing. And I'm not saying Jason Kidd to coach to lose. They're not going to do that. They're, they're going to try to win 45 games and make the real playoffs. But it might be best. If this season keeps playing out, if this team's fighting and clawing to win 41 games, maybe if they only win 30 games, it might be best for this organization because it looks like the only way you're going to get another really great player with Luka is to draft that great player. And you don't have a pick this year unless it's in the top 10. And it goes to the New York Knicks. If it's the 11th pick, it goes to the New York Knicks. But maybe, and I don't know the exact player that obviously, if you were to get lucky in the lottery and you get Wimbenwamba, and I know I say his name wrong, but. Say it, Reggie. Victor Wimbenyama. Wimbenyama. Did I say it right that time? Or I got really good. Yeah, that was pretty good, dude. That would be the most unbelievable thing to happen to the Mavericks. Like, that's the only way you turn this into, like, oh, my God, it could be a dynasty, is if that guy, Victor, is as good as projected and Luka is as good as he's playing and they play together for the next 10 years. Then you have a little bit of, let's just go down to San Antonio. Then you have a little bit of a little bit different, but you have David Robinson and Tim Duncan. You've now created a dynasty. The Spurs weren't trying to lose that year, but injuries happened. David Robinson got hurt. Sean Elliott got hurt. And all of a sudden, they found themselves with a very bad team, and they got a generational talent in Tim Duncan to go along with a very good team. Well, if maybe you get him, uh, Scoot Henderson's interesting because I don't even know if the Mavs would draft him because he needs the ball, doesn't he? I think so. And like, I do think the Mavericks the need somebody him. else who can handle the basketball, but. I don't know. Nico's kind of said, I don't want any other human being who can handle the basketball. Yeah. I mean, well, he said it's just difficult to yeah. for people to get those minutes because we have Luca. And I was like, but yeah. Luca doesn't see that that could help him too. But maybe I do think Kaysen Wallace is going to be a star in the league. And people might know him from Richardson High School. He's at Kentucky. He's the best defensive player in college basketball today. He is a guy that looks like he can be a star without having to have the ball in his hands all the time. He could be like that two-guard who plays unbelievable defense, can knock down shots, can get to the rim, can draw fouls, can maybe do everything off of Luka, where Scoot Henderson might not be the perfect fit with Luka, which then goes into Luka. You should be able to play with a guy that great. I have three thoughts, Mike. So I'm I'm towards, I hate saying this, they're 28 games in. I'm not rooting for them to lose tonight. Don't get me wrong. But maybe the best thing for this Maverick team, which will be very tough, if not impossible to do if Lucas stays healthy, is go 32 and 50 this yeah, year. Yeah, if Lucas stays healthy, that's the, that's the thing that, that keeps that from happening for sure. Three thoughts. Number three, uh, this came from a fan texter. Okay. Imagine all the moths if there were a million mics. That's a very good point mm. because Mike, we'll have to get a moth update next week as well. Number two. I just saw Mark Cuban say, hey, if the casino, if uh, gambling is legal here, I want a casino and a resort next to our new state arena. Does that frustrate you that he's focused, his mind's there as no, opposed to, because that's who he is. It's, it, it is weird that Mark Cuban has been such a small spender. Now, there is a major article on this. There's been multiple. If we just take, hey, five years, he's the least spending uh, owner in the NBA. Mark Cuban can really destroy us on that argument. Here's where he really messed up. 
is when they traded for Porzingis and they immediately sent uh, Harrison Barnes away for nothing. The art, I, I don't, this is where you got to know the CBA and stuff. And I didn't know this at the time. You could have kept everything and re signed because he is now your property, Porzingis to the max contract. That takes them into luxury tax. Mark Cuban said, I do not want to do that. I want to stay below that number. And from that point, they have paid the least amount of money in the NBA to NBA players. So he has worked very hard to not pay the players. And if you look at it, you're like, Mark, I thought you were the big spender. I thought winning meant everything. He pays and, stars. And he pays his right, star. He only wants – I do think he'll pay a lot of money. And believe me, there's an agency out there that believes this. Yeah. That if you get the Greek freak and you get John Morant along with Luka Doncic, you've created a dynasty that would win probably three to five titles. And Mark will pay a lot of money for that. But if you're asking him to go into luxury tax for – Jalen Brunson if you're asking him to go into luxury tax for kind of nice players that probably won't help you win it all but just keep you at a 50 to 55 win team and give you a 15 percent chance of winning the championship he won't do it he's going to stay under the luxury tax and, then, and there's owner there's also real quick on that I know you're going to get to number three is they pretty much believe he's going to let Christian Wood walk and he is going to then sign Dwight Pell to a very small contract, which he's not going to get much interest, so he can get right below that tax again. Uh, my number three thought, I think all things Mav on Twitter is actually you. And you were having, 100%, you were having a conversation me. with yourself this morning on Twitter. Okay. I'm convinced of it, Mike. All right, it's not me. It's good I content, promise. though. It definitely is. All right, you know what? Let's give something away! What's what's number? Was that number that three? That was number three. Yeah. Okay. Uh, caller number ten right now Meow. wins a pair of tickets to see Brian Regan, the star comedian, is going to be performing at the Will Rogers Auditorium on January twentieth. That is part of the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo Auditorium concert series. Get tickets and info at LiveNation.com eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three. Caller number ten now. Now, right. Mike, as we're in, Mike likes it. If you had another thought that you want to drop. Or- I want to ask you a question, Yo. and I know this isn't like an easy question. It's all opinion-based. Is I put out there on Twitter, I think the Mavs have a 33% chance of finishing in the bottom 10. I don't think it's a high percentage, but it's higher than I thought going into the season, which means I'm giving them a two-thirds chance of they're not going to be one of the 10 worst teams in the NBA. But I'm now starting to push towards – Hell, maybe they'll be, and not like bottom five, but like the eighth, ninth, or tenth worst team. What do you think right now, kind of taking in 28 games of this season, where do you think they're going to finish? Where Where do you think they're going to kind of be the more we watch this team play? You know, I used, last year, I used the strength of schedule uh, coordinator a lot. Okay. Um, and I'm going to go check out the power rankings guru for the NBA right now. So that I can kind of have an understanding of what their strength, their remaining strength of schedule was, because they were pretty accurate last year. Their strength of schedule played. They're ranked fourth. They played the, the most hardest. difficult, the okay. fourth most difficult right. schedule this season so far. Ahead of them, Pistons, Bulls, Rockets, all bad teams. Um, the remaining strength of schedule for the Mavericks, according to Power Rankings Guru says they have the easiest schedule for the rest of the season from today. 
okay, from today. So that, that might not the, help because we lose a lot of games against teams that don't play their players. And 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 you know the, that thing, this thing doesn't it doesn't right. stay consistent all season. It fluctuates throughout the year. Right. But they say they have an easy schedule from here on out. I don't listen. I don't know, man. Like yeah. I, I I don't know exactly where Jason Kidd's sitting there looking at it. I think by the end of the season, I think that they are right around seven. Somewhere in the seven to six range, I think they have plenty of time. They haven't had one of those, hey, we're going to go on a a run. We're going to cook for a little bit, and it's going to be like a six, seven, eight-game win streak. And they could have a number of those at some point. The best teams, Mike, I mean, you go back and look at Pop's teams, you would have – 18 game win streaks at times, multiple right. times throughout years. They go on that years. rodeo uh, road trip and, yeah. and destroy on the rodeo road trip. And and I'm I'm a lot more patient over time with the Mavericks, and I've been this way my entire life as a Mavs fan. Yeah. And I'm hope this is there is this is a bad part. I am hopeful that Jason Kidd has a plan, and that it's not that he's just. Uh, just sitting there going, I don't know what to do. And he's just, you know, freewheeling it. He spent so much time in the NBA. Yeah. He spent a lot of time with really good coaches. Coach K, I do have a lot of respect for. And he has a great relationship with him that I think he learned some things. But I am I am getting a little more concerned as they go along because of Luca's frustration. Luca is you. Luca is as, as competitive as you are with this team, which is why he was eyeballing Mark Cuban the other night. And because that's every night he's like, I want to win. I want to score my points. I want to win. I want to walk away from it going, I'm the best. And so that is, yeah. I don't want him to get frustrated. And but I do think that Jason Kidd has a plan and it will come together and on the other side of the year. To your point, and it's nothing Luca has really done, except they have lost and they've been horrible in the clutch. Like that's part, part of that is on Luca. Luca has been a bad clutch player this year, taking bad shots, making bad decisions, having bad turnovers. Some of it has led to loss. A few times they've been able to overcome his bad play late in games to win. They're not good on the road. No, horrible mm-hmm. on the road. He is now sixth, uh, according to – it's NBA.com, but they now have him as sixth in the MVP category because they're not winning because his stats, which are great – are not leading to wins. And I'm sure that's very frustrating to Luca that his stats aren't leading to more wins. Now I have this next question for you guys, and I'll be done with Matt. Sorry I'm, I'm spending so much time on it, but I, I am passionate about it. It's Golden State has a worse record than the Mavs. Do you think at the end of the year, Golden State will have a better record or worse record? They just got Steph Curry news that he's probably out for a month. Oh, then I'd say they have the worst. They have a worse record. Okay, I know they have a lot of a lot of young talent that they're trying to incorporate and right. get going. Yeah, and I I don't know like Steph Curry is a different player. Like yeah. that's a that's a different dude to have on your team. And Steve Kerr has reaped the benefits of having yeah. that legendary type of player. on He his hurt team. his left shoulder, so they're expecting it to be two to four weeks. And then uh, Minnesota Timberwolves have a worse record than the Dallas Mavericks. I expected the Minnesota Timberwolves to be like top five and yeah. to see them do what they're doing right now is bad. It'll be interesting. Obviously the biggest surprises right now ahead of the Mavs are Sacramento and Utah. Everybody thought Utah would be one of the five worst teams in the NBA and that Sacramento would be around a 500 team, which they're three games of, hey, three games from now, maybe the Mavs win their next three. A couple teams go on losing streaks that are ahead of them and the Mavs are in fifth place. But I'm just, I'm looking at it now. My, I just make my last comment on this and move on is, well, I just think that maybe getting a top 10 pick would be better for this organization than making the play-in and losing in the play-in situation. I will also add that two of the teams that I thought would be in the top four 
are actually the number one and two in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. I thought Memphis was going to be a was going to be really good this year. Here they are at number one, and the Pelicans. I said, watch out for the Pelicans. They're my yeah. new Phoenix, and here they are at number two right now in the Western Conference. So I am excited to see that. But the Mavericks have a lot of work to do. It's fun basketball right now. Though. Yeah, it's 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 jumbled up. Obviously, the Mavs are five games out of first place and in ninth so place, weird. and they're one game out of not being in the playoffs and two games out of getting their pick back from the uh, New York Knicks. All right, so I guess uh, bad reporting by me, but all I was doing was reporting on what we saw yesterday on all the MLB.coms and, and ESPN. Yeah, Carlos Rodon and the Yankees are far apart. And then hours later, Carlos Rodon signs with the New York Yankees, one year, uh, six years, $162 million. So uh, Carlos Rodon is off of the, the table. It's not going to be kind of the unbelievable offseason if you got DeGrom and Rodon, which – I understand they, they're taking it. DeGrom is better than Rodon, and really it's not even close if he's healthy. And no, so, they would, the, the idea is they would be an amazing one-two punch. Like, right. that's what you wanted out of. Right. And so uh, the the Rangers keep the offseason moving on. I do think this. I do think the Rangers are kind of done spending money. They spent $13 million on Heaney. They spent $40-plus million a year on, on DeGrom is I do think they are looking at, they can add salary, but I do think they're looking at moving the quantity that they have in the minor leagues. I'm not saying the quality. They're not trying to move Jack Leiter. They're not trying to move Kumar Rocker. They're not trying to move Evan Carter. They're they, not, have, they have middle infield log right. jams, they, right? They are, from what I understand, you know, they are talking to teams, and it doesn't mean anything is close, but they are talking to teams about Josh Smith, Ezekiel Duran, Justin Foskey, uh Davis Wenzel, they bring them up. Teams aren't really that interested in the kid from Baylor who was taken in the second round after Josh Young was yeah. taken. But see, they have all of these guys and Leody Tavares, Bubba Thompson, all of these guys, even Cole Wynn now, is they're kind of like, hey, could we put together a package of maybe three of three or four of these guys and maybe get something done in our outfield and uh, maybe adding one more starting pitcher? So they are active. Right now, the Rangers are active, but it's more on, hey, the quantity that we have here, is there any way to take three or four of these guys and add a really quality major leaguer to our team? I don't know if it's going to play out. I don't know what they're going to get, who they're going to get, but they are active in those discussions. Coming up next on the KNC Masterpiece, it's time for the C Block, where I ask Mike about the Barry Zito curveball. Next on The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.